welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Well, it's Wednesday, October the 12th, 2022. Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama, and today we are delighted to be joined by uh, Mr. Chuck Wolf, who is coming to us from Tampa, Florida, and he is the founder and chief executive officer of Faith Academics. He has more than 30 years of professional expertise in the areas of law, business, and education. After graduating from college, he taught seventh grade history and math in central Missouri before attending law school. He then worked as a corporate attorney for several regional law firms, was senior counsel for a major retailer, and served as general counsel for a national manufacturing company. Following his successful legal career, Chuck returned to the educational field, served as a regional paralegal director and campus director for a private university system before helping launch a statewide online school in Kansas. He later became head of school for a statewide online high school in Colorado, and then served as vice president of school development for Stride K-12 for almost nine years. In this role, he was able to help develop more than a dozen public and private online school programs around the country. And then in 2021, just recently, he formed Faith Academics to develop the Faith Prep model and launch a network of private online Christian schools and homeschool programs. Chuck is actively involved in various local and international ministries, including a comprehensive community project outside of uh, Malawi and in Southeast Africa. He's co-founder and board member of Patharia, probably not pronouncing that right, but it's okay, International, a humanitarian organization that supports the Malawi Project. And he also serves on the advisory board of Care Portal, a technology-based company that supports the foster care system throughout the United States. And so we are so grateful to have Chuck join us, and we know he is supported by his wife, Debbie. And what a great time for us not only because of the COVID pandemic that we've recently been through, but but just because of this time we are in our nation. It is so important that we talk about, number one, Christian education. How are we educating our children to think biblically, um, to think uh, in a, in a, with a biblical worldview, especially as the worldly culture is indoctrinating them to, to think elsewise, uh, but also then to, to really help families that are looking at private school uh, that want a, a Christian education in a private realm or even in a homeschool realm. And so I know for many of the listeners, the Defender podcast that have uh, built your family through adoption. Homeschool is an option for you, and we hope that you're going to get to hear so much today, things that will be helpful, and maybe even uh, something that you can be a part of through faith academics. And before we have that time in the show that everybody looks forward to, where we bring on the venerable Dr. Rick, I want to remind you about the How to Fund Your Adoption ebook. For those seeking to adopt, we have produced an ebook to help you financially prepare for the journey. Unfortunately, adoption is expensive. There's so many different costs that go into it, but we want to help you know how you can adopt one without debt, but then two, how you can truly fund your adoption. It's filled with tips, resources, contact information for grant organizations, and so, so much more. To receive this free ebook or to learn more, see our show notes and you can get all of that information. Well, as we teased before, it is that time where you get to hear from world-class author, uh, 
Dr. Rick. And uh, Dr. Rick, we just recently had the opportunity to go to the Christian Alliance for Orphans, uh, where the throngs of followers that you have were able to line up and get your autograph. But for those that listen to the Defender podcast, they get to hear you every week. Uh, I'm excited about learning more from Chuck and hearing more about these educational resources. Yeah, I think when we uh, when we started talking about the the possibility of, of having Chuck on, um, I, I spent have spent a little bit of time uh, Chuck cyber stalking you, and I'm I have to say, man, I'm fascinated um, just by the kind of the the journey that the Lord has led you on, and all the things that God's had you involved in, and how all of that has resulted in what you're doing now, and uh, and so I I'd love it. I'm. I'm curious, and I, I would love. I, I know that there are folks that are out there that are listening to the podcast that would like to get to know you a little bit more, um, and and just to, to meet you. And so, um, just in, kind of tell us a little bit of your story and about how how God led you to the place of of being concerned about uh, a distinctively Christian education and 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 the thing that you've that you've kind of um, you know placed your life in uh, at at the moment. Well, thank you, Dr. Rick and Herbie, uh, for having me on the show, and um, thank you for the work that you're doing uh, to support and advance um, adoption. I, I know my wife, Debbie, and I have been able to walk that journey with several friends and just see personally the, the blessing and joy and goodness of that and the challenges that come with it. So having that network of support uh, around those families is really critical, and um, you know, I grew up in uh, primarily in a small town in Western Pennsylvania, Grove City. A lot of people um, maybe have heard of Grove City College. It's a small Christian college uh, there. So I was really blessed to uh, live in a community where um, faith was just kind of ever present, um, whether it be at the school or within the businesses, um, within the churches. Um, but I actually you know, like, like a lot of people growing up, uh, church was a regular ongoing thing and uh, did not necessarily uh, understand my relationship with God from a personal standpoint until I got involved in an organization called Young Life and uh, gave my life to, to Christ when I was a sophomore in high school and um, had the opportunity after high school between graduation and going to college to actually work at a Young Life camp in British Columbia called Malibu, beautiful camp set on uh, the coastline out there. And it was really at that time, it's the first time I, I really felt um, a sense of calling in life. I, I, really, I, was, I was headed to the University of Missouri. I wanted to study journalism and become a sports broadcaster. And, and yet I felt God kind of tugging on my heart, um, saying that maybe there was a, a, a higher purpose for me in my life. And and so I kind of came away from that summer thinking, well, that meant that I had to go into ministry. And for me at that time, the thought was I'd go to college and then go to graduate school and get a doctorate and maybe teach at a Christian college and have an influence um, over individuals um, in that capacity. And, and what happened is when I was at, at, at Mizzou, um, God just kind of redirected my um, my steps and thinking a little bit. And, and um, while I still thought that might be a future endeavor, 
um, I was frustrated by what I saw at the university level through professors who didn't seem to have a connection to students coming out of high school. So I thought, you know, what a better way to prepare for that than to get an education degree and really understand um, that learning process for for high school students. And so that's what I did. And um, but then um, through uh, other circumstances, I, I ended up getting married right out of um, college. And and I thought, man, I've, I've got to support myself and my my family. And I thought, how am I going to do that? And I thought, well, I could be a lawyer. You know, it was one of those things that I don't know where that seed was planted, but I I I I went down that road and went to law school and and had a, a successful career in law, um, but the rest of my life wasn't very successful. Um, a lot of things were happening and um, I wasn't dealing well with them. And you know, my uh, my marriage ended and I was kind of at this crossroads of of not knowing what to do with my life. And um, God just kind of used, I think, a lot of of moments in a, in a period of time to bring me to a place where he basically said, you know, we're going to, we're going to reinvent you. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to, um, we're going to, you know, make, make the future, you know, more than you can imagine and, and ask for in Ephesians 3.20 then kind of became an anchor verse for me in my life. I, I met my current wife. Um, God took me out of law and, and, and put me back into education, but in a non-traditional um, setting. So I um, started working with adult learners at the university level, many of them first-time college attenders. Many of them were working adults, caring for families. And this was a world that I wasn't, I wasn't used to. I was a very traditional education um, byproduct right through my own life, the life of my parents. And, and yet there was something about this that pulled at me that, that drew me in deeper. And, and I really started developing this, um, this heart for, for the underdog and for the underprivileged and for the individual that didn't always fit within the, the normal formula for how life was to be lived. And it was in 2008 that I, um, I was serving as the campus director for this university system and I was posting jobs and saw an opportunity to join a team to create an online school in Kansas. And I thought, that's fascinating to me. I didn't know anything about it, um, but I liked the entrepreneurial spirit. I liked the fact that they were trying to do something a little bit different in education. And I really believe that God used that moment um, to to put me in a place where one I had to start truly depending upon him and his wisdom, his guiding, not just my own gifts, my own strengths, uh, my own abilities, and um, that's what kind of propelled me into um, the online world. And what was fascinating about that was for you could have a thousand kids all enrolling in a public online school and their personal reason for doing so uh, could be a thousand different reasons. And, um, and what I started to see was that this whole process of life where, where God made us all very um, uniquely in his image and he's given us all special gifts and, and purposes that too often our educational process 
kind of lumps everybody together in the masses and, and doesn't really allow for that individual development and flourishment um, that I believe is at the heart of, of who we are as image bearers and God's children. And, and so I started seeing over the course of, of my career in online that there were a lot of Christians that were attracted to this field. There, half of my teachers in the schools that I either created or helped run or develop, I would, I would say over half of them were believers. And, and, and many of the families that were enrolling in these online public programs were families of faith. And, and yet, we, we, we discovered that commonality, but we could never bring it together um, because this was a public school system. And, and as I developed a continuing um, appreciation for how online learning met students where they were at, and could really provide a great solution for those who need it. I thought, man, if this could ever be in a Christian setting where you could bring your faith into the intersection of, of community and engagement and instruction, um, that this could be uh, tremendously powerful. And, and in fact, the seed for this really got planted. You mentioned our work um, in orphan care. Um, about a year after I started working in the online space, we took our first trip to Africa and I stood in an open field of 50 acres. And it's if God said to my spirit, what you're doing over there in the U.S., you're going to do here one day. And I looked around and I thought, how, how would that even be possible? Malawi's like stepping back into the Old Testament. You know, it's women at the well, it's ox pulling carts, it's people walking 20 miles, it's subsistence living if your crop, your maize crop grows that year. And yet, you could go out to the bush and the village headman will be there and he has a cell phone. And, and, and so that reality told me that, that over time, technology was going to bridge the gap to help these countries in ways that we couldn't even envision at the time. And so that was a seed that God planted at the very beginning of my journey into online education. And so all of that came together, as you said, um, during the pandemic, right? What a crazy time for all of us in whatever aspect of life or vocation um, or ministry, it completely changed what we knew to be normal, redefined so much of how we um, went about our day-to-day -day life, and um, actually produced a tremendous amount of, I think, new growth and opportunity um, as a result. And um, so that's a little bit of the background of, of how I got to where I'm at. I can talk a lot more about the, you know, what the pandemic did and, and how faith prep came out of this. But in essence, God let, you know, he put on my heart, now's the time to take this idea and bring it to life. And, and so during the pandemic, I had a lot of time on my hands. I used to travel all the, every week and now I was at home and and I put together a business plan and, and I went to my company and I said, and they know I'm a believer. And I said, I believe God wants me to create this network of online Christian schools for grades K through 12. Um, but I don't think I can be a part of Stride and do this. I think I need to leave and start my own company. And 
I want to be able to still partner with you in different ways because I think you do the online learning process. You're, you're, they're the leader in that, right? They've been doing it for over 20 years. And, and guys, it was kind of like going to Nehemiah. It's like Nehemiah going to the king and saying, I've got to go back to Jerusalem. My heart is burdened. And the king says, what do you need? How can we help? Right. And that's kind of like what Stride was. So we put together this model. It's a full time online school model called Faith Prep. Uh, can enroll kids in Faith Prep Academy, which is a national school, uh, enrolling kids throughout the United States and even around the world um, in most countries. Um, but we also then have programs in certain states in partnership with Christian schools. Um, to do some unique things at the state level, but it's all part of an integrated network and program. And so it doesn't matter what state you're in, you're going to get the same faith prep program um, that we've developed. Chuck, there, there are a couple of things, um, you know, just even as you were talking through your journey that, that really stuck out that I think are, would be meaningful to the folks that listen to, you know, to our podcast. And, and one of those is, um, like what you've sought to do in faith prep in, in creating a, uh, a, a, an education from a biblical worldview, like, right. So bringing, you know, a distinctively Christian education option to, to people that may otherwise not be in a place where there are really good, um, good Christian education options. And I think for, for, for most of our families, the reason that they are, adopting is is a call to obedience and and to to be obedient to to something that god's you know placed on their hearts but their heart desire is discipleship and it and it's really investing um a relationship with christ and 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 nurturing their kids to know and to follow jesus and that's the that's the heartbeat of their family and so if if you could you know just kind of delve in a little bit into um, because, you know, you talked about and again, not to disparage, uh, you know, a, a company uh, that's that's out there that's that's doing education and doing it well. But um, but what is it about faith prep that makes it distinctively Christian? And and, and what are those elements that are kind of baked into the system that really uh, help families to be able to uh, disciple their kids through the educational process? Um, I, I, I love sharing uh, the answer to that question, Rick, because I think it, 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 it starts with the fact that, you know, everybody has a worldview, whether they'll acknowledge it or not. And, and to me, worldview is simply broken down into those questions of origin, purpose, and destiny. Why am I here? Or where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? Right. And in our development in life and especially around youth and education has to fully address those questions. It's, it's not enough just to say that the purpose of education is to help kids learn their three R's or to have a, a, a great understanding of, the, of this, um, the civic history of our country. Those elements are are important and critical and and the process of learning um, exercises the mind and helps kids become critical thinkers and problem solvers and and rational um, solution makers but but at the core of the worldview is you know if if 
if you truly want to answer, where did I come from? Your choice is either I came from a loving creator who made me in his image, or I'm a random accident that somehow came from the sea squirt, right? Or whatever. And, and if you, if you address that at the core of, I, I was made in the image of God and, and I am uniquely made for a purpose, then education has to help a student discover what that purpose is and prepare them for the life that God has planned. And so that's why our, our mission is we want students to pursue academic excellence, but we also want them to develop Christian character and discover their gifts, talents, and purpose to follow God's calling in life. And so the academic excellence, we try to do that. We think the curriculum is tremendous. We actually our Christian teachers can take a very solid curriculum that Stride has built over the years, and it can they can integrate biblical truth. They can instruct from a Christian worldview. They can pull things out of the curriculum if they don't think it really applies. It really is a tremendous combination of, um, of academic instruction from a pure learning standpoint. But on top of that, we feel it's critically important to help kids develop character. And, and, you know, in Corinthians, I think it is where Paul's talking about even division within the church. He says the, there were people that were always learning, but never coming to a knowledge of the truth. And, and so, you know, learning for learning's sake isn't helpful, but learning coupled with an understanding of the truth and living out that truth on a daily basis and who I am as a person is um, that's that becomes that's kingdom changing, right? That's um, that's where we start really seeing lives uh, transformed. And so our approach to character development is we, we have this really unique assessment tool that was developed by an organization called Lions Lead. And what we love about this is that most assessment tools are personality based, but this tool is character based. And we take this assessment and then we build our biblical curriculum around it so that as students um, go through their educational journey, be even beginning in third grade, in grades three, four, and five, it's all about um, what we call awareness and character and self-awareness. And then in middle school, it's about management. <laughs> you know, those crazy middle school years putting up boundaries and hedges and understanding where life fits into the different places and how to effectively regulate and manage that. High school, then it's about developing. And then the senior year, it's all about leadership and preparing for that transition to whatever the next step is. And so what we love about this is, you know, most educators will say it's important to measure academic growth, right? Here's where I am um, from, an, from, a, from a reading standpoint or a math standpoint. Well, why shouldn't we be able to measure character? And we believe our program allows us to do that because every year students are gonna see their growth off this assessment tool. And they're gonna be able to see that, gosh, last year, my self-awareness was only a three, but this year it's up to a five. And, it's, and, and I've been able to have that growth occur 
because I've taken a biblical approach to understanding who I am, my identity in Christ, what that means to me as a student in my development as a person, in my relationships with my family and my friends and my community, or maybe my apprehension is at a nine and the next year it's pulled down to a six. And that's because you're starting to see the the biblical truths of God's peace, of God's um, uh, presence in their life, taking root and manifesting itself. So we think from a character standpoint, we've got something that that uh, very few schools are actually doing from a tangible standpoint. But just as important with that is the concept of what I call life preparation, right? Um, I, I believe God, the sense of calling, and, and this goes back to even to the experience I, I, I shared about at my time at a Young Life camp. I, I almost think that faith prep is like a, a deferred calling to me. It was a calling that God placed, and then, you know, almost 40 plus years later, he said, now's the time for this to come to life, right? And um, and as you said, I, I have kind of a unique background and God's pulled all of that together for this moment. And and yet I think with kids in, in high school, if, if they could start understanding that 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 our calling and in our minute and the ministry of vocation is such a an amazing thing. And it's you know, I always go back to Tim Keller's book, Every Good Endeavor, which gave me tremendous freedom to see even secular work as part of kingdom building, right? And and so in middle school, we really started helping kids understand what what is vocation in relationship to calling and what are your your strengths and gifts and where do they line up and and then as you move into high school, what are the opportunities you have as a student to to fully test and try and develop those. And so we do that through a couple of things. We have what we call um, our faith pathways program. There are some kids who they just know they want a, a career in um, maybe something that is not a college bound path, right? So we give them opportunities to take career classes and earn industry certifications. Maybe they want to go off and be an IT programmer or they want to go into healthcare or they want to go into, um, you know, business management or, or, or things like that, that, that they can do right out of school, either directly or while they go to college. But we also have a program called Faith Collegiate, where we bake into our program a minimum number of classes that are actually college credit-bearing courses through a network of college partners where kids are going to get you know, college credit is part of their faith prep program, but it also lets them begin to explore career fields and and they can actually take additional college courses for $200 or less. So what that means is there's an opportunity to reduce the economic burden of college, especially for those who don't have the economic means um, to support that. Um, but it doesn't let them waste college experiences and funds on something that is not aligned with where their heart and their passions are. So there's a lot of things we're trying to do around this program. In the online world, to your point, Dr. Rick, is that it becomes accessible to someone anywhere. They may Somebody may want to go to a Christian school, but there isn't one near them. Or the one that is near them is too expensive or is already at capacity 
because the the demand for Christian education has grown so much. So that's why we think that that our model is a is a good option for a lot of people. In some cases, it may be their only option to access Christian education, but by no means is it the only option. Right? Um, there are a lot of great. Um, choices out there for parents. And I think the real key is know your child, know their strengths and learning styles, and how can you best support them? We, we had one child that went to a public school and one that went to a Christian school, right? And that was a choice we made based on their particular needs and their desires. And, and it really proved to be a great decision um, for both of them. So, um, you know, that's, that's the, our, so our approach is a little bit different. It's a, it's a fusion of taking great, a great educational model, but being, putting Christ at the center of it and really empowering parents and students to get the most out of their education on an individual basis. Chuck, even as you talk about that, you know, one of the things that I keep thinking about as you're explaining this model is how helpful that would be, especially for kids that have come home through an adoption circumstance. Uh, maybe they're older. Uh, or even even some of these families who are fostering or who've adopted foster children. And I think a lot of the reason is because we have a limited amount of time, one, to help them understand uh, our faith, uh, to help them understand uh, why, why the, the Word of God is true, why it's foundational. But yet we also have a limited amount of time to help catch them up educationally, uh, but, but get them into a vocation as as you're just talking to adopted and foster parents, what advice would you give them as they evaluate all of the options that are available, especially for compulsory education? Yeah, that, that's a great question, Herbie. And, and I love um, the premise behind the question is that um, you as the parent are, are the main um, person responsible for that decision. Um, that is not something that has to be defaulted to the government uh, or defaulted to just a traditional neighborhood school, which may end up being the solution. It may be a tremendous school program there. But first, you have to understand what truly is going to be best long term for my child. What is their long-term goals and objectives? Where do we believe God is? So it's helping them understand how God is shaping and developing them and trying to understand what does that future look like and then help chart a path towards that. And, and that may be, um, you know, a program like ours where, where kids can come in and what I love about the online world is time becomes a variable, right? So some kids may need more time in the learning process and a traditional model just keeps putting them further and further behind because they, the clock always runs out and they, they can never catch up. But the traditional model also um, stymies kids that have the ability to move at a faster pace and, and explore different things that normally they wouldn't have access to. And so, you know, I, I think it's understanding first what, what's the learning style and what's the, 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 um, the future objective for your, your child and student and how can I best support them you know, and, and that's going to be one in a in a school or learning environment that you select as the primary place where that student's going to be educated. But then it's going to be the support that you build around that process. And, and the foster community, the adoption community, the homeschool community, 
I think they've all discovered that, right? It, it truly does take the community as a whole to support each other. You know, homeschoolers have been co-oping for, you know, the, the pandemic came and then people are all abuzz about this concept of learning pods, right? Of, of people forming little learning clusters in their home. Well, homeschoolers have been doing that for decades, right? That, that's nothing new. And, and that's because I think that sense of community that God instills in us as believers and, you know, that that's the value of the church and it's the value of small group and it's the value of community. So, so find the best learning solution as a whole and then try to surround that um, decision with, with a support system that could be additional resources you know, we're working very hard at taking our program and breaking it out so that kids and families can actually access things on a course by course basis if they need to. I mean, I envision education moving to where even our entertainment system is, right? I, I, I get my internet from, from one company and I stream my news from another company and I watch, you know, this you know, my, my Netflix here, or I, I, I have an antenna to get local TV stations, whatever that is. Or I listen to these podcasts, you know, such as the Defender for Critical Information. Well, education's moving to that, to that place where, where kids are going to be able to curate their own educational um, platform. Um, and, and, but, until that time comes, I would say find the resources that can support. So we we definitely want to take our character program, Faith Walk, and make it a standalone course that if you're homeschooling, you can still access that. If you're a public school s- student, but you're you're you want your child to to have some Christian character development on top of that, then you could access that too. Right. It, it shouldn't just be an exclusive choice where where certain resources only sit in one particular model or another. Um, so, again, the, the find the best learning platform or, or approach, surround yourselves um, with additional resources and then stay engaged. Be a part of the learning process. That's that's what I like about our model is that parents get full access to the entire learning experience of the student nothing's hidden from them they have their own login they can see everything that's going on they have complete exposure to the teachers to the classes to the lessons they can see how much time their student has spent in their work and and so they get to be a an an active participant in the in the process so i think if you can do all those different things that you'll set your child up for um, a great experience and hopefully prepare them for an amazing life um, as God's servant learner, caring for others and doing incredible things. You know, Chuck, you talked about the flexibility that your that the program offers and and just I mean, a lot of things. I, I just first of all, you, you push some buttons with me um, just even in talking about the non-traditional student and and the idea that everybody's not on a college prep track. And uh, we have one of our kids that uh, that came home through adoption and uh, his passion is um he, like he wants to build things. He wants to, he wants to do electrical work. He's, you know, he's kind of charted a, a bit of a different course for himself. Um, and quite honestly, there was frustration for us in the process of, of trying to help him 
educationally because uh, the conventional system just didn't work that well, um, you know, for him. But but I think one of the other things I'd, I'd love to hear you talk just a little bit about, because I think a lot of our families, Herbie alluded to it in his last question, a lot of our families are dealing with kids that are um, that are experiencing developmental delays or there are cognitive challenges that come along with institutionalization or their circumstances. And, and I'd love to hear how how your system, you know, is there is there appropriate flexibility for families that are that are meeting learning challenges with their kids and how can parents kind of tailor uh, to be able to meet the, the unique needs and the unique opportunities of their kids? Yeah, that's um, that is one of the real challenging um, places in education right now, right? Because those, and and we've seen that as you said with our a lot of our friends who have adopted, especially from overseas, um, in in the institutionalization of, of kids at early ages has really created some some challenges, right? And um, so I would say this: Stride as a as a company that has worked in the online space in the public school system has found a way to work in the area of special needs um, very significantly. In fact, their population of special needs students, if you look at the public schools they support around the country, is at a higher percentage than the, than the average in most states. And, and that is because of the reasons you just said. It's online learning is more individualized and more personalized. And so you, you take somebody, say, who's on the autism spectrum, and you take them out of those time constraints in, a, in an environment where there's a lot of distractions, and all of a sudden their, their focus can be more acute and their productivity and effective learning um, can be enhanced, right? Um, and And... And, and so what I'm excited to see is how God allows us to, as we grow, to serve that, um, that broad spectrum um, of kids with special needs across the board, whether that's emotional or developmentally um, deficient students. Now, right now, the challenge is the funding around that, right? And as a private school, that cost, that's expensive to provide. Um, and, and most states, all their solution to that would be, well, you can access your public school to get that resource provided to you, even if you go to a private school. The challenge there is that that school is generally going to provide minimal services and the approach is not going to necessarily be from a biblical standpoint, right? Or with the nurturing love of the gospel behind it. So... Um, what we're hoping is that as we build out Faith Prep as a national network, meaning that we can service all of our programs wherever they are, there are some states now that are starting to provide scholarships and vouchers for students in private schools. And some of those states also provide funding around special needs. So we're hopeful, like, for example, in Florida, the state legislature two years ago, they thought that they had fixed a law that had denied those types of vouchers for private online schools. And they fixed part of the law, but not the entire law. And so there's a little glitch that hopefully this year, the Florida legislature 
uh, or Governor DeSantis through the Department of Education will rectify. And if that happens, and through our Florida partner, we're, we're now gonna be able to serve those students and provide that service. But because we're a national network, we're gonna have the staff and the infrastructure then to serve students across the country, even if they're not in a place where their state provides that funding, right? So that's why uh, I'm excited about how we've structured this, that it really does allow us to leverage our network and resources across um, the country to provide more services, make more things accessible. Um, right now, this year, we're not necessarily in a place to do that, but we will we will get to that place. And 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 I think that's going to be a game changer because not only can you give them the developmental needs and 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 kids who like are on a 504 plan or things like that that just sometimes need simple accommodations or more time, um, their, their capabilities there. It's just that, the, you know, it's their starting, you know, their hundred yard dash from, uh, from 50 yards beyond the starting line, right? They, they've got the stamina to finish that race. It's just that you've put them at a deficit and, and, and our traditional system says, well, I, I, I shoot the starter's gun while the race is over. And it's like, well, I still have 50 yards to go. It's like, well, it's too bad. The race is over, right? So those, those students in an online world can generally be accommodated very well, again, as you said, because time becomes a variable, right? And, and, and they may be a whiz at math, and they only need to do 30 minutes of math, but they need an hour and a half for the English component, which is much more challenging, especially if English isn't their first language, right? So um, there are a lot of dynamics at play here. And, and, and I'm telling you, the, um, my involvement with um, the Global Orphan Project, which is the group behind the care portal, which is transforming um, foster, the foster care system around the country. Um, as a as a technology platform in interconnecting the social service providers of the foster care system with the churches and the Christian community to provide the resources necessary to support those students. Um, in Florida, it's Governor DeSantis has made it a prime initiative and they're using Care Portal in all 70 counties, um, 70 plus counties in Florida. And, and it, it is something that is is an amazing tool that is simply a connector of, of need and resource and is actually a model. And so of, of how we might look at education in the future. And, um, but what it does is it creates that ecosystem of resources and platforms. And then you, you got to find a way to connect people to all of that. And, and that's what I'm excited about seeing happening within education. Um, the, the, the migration from the public system to the private system is real. Um, Three million kids have left this year. Um, and um, what that's gonna force private schools to be more innovative and creative. And um, it's gonna force private education to figure out how do we support those kids who are coming to us with special needs that we normally and historically have not um, either chosen to or been able to support. So it's all, it's all good, right? There's, like I said, there's been this seismic shift coming out of this pandemic that is completely altering the landscape of education. 
and it's a great time to be a part of the, of what's happening in that area. Well, Chuck, kind of as we close, I'd love for you just to tell people how to connect with you and how to get more information and how they can learn about even being a part of, of this, uh, this academy and this faith prep model. Yeah, thanks, Herbie. So our, 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 our main website is um, faithprep.com. Um, you can learn all about the, the faith prep model, the different school programs. So wherever you live, um, you can access faith prep, whether that's through one of our state programs or through the national school. Um, we, we also talk about our homeschool product called Faith Pods. Um, and we're still in the development of that, but we're getting close to being able to offer those courses either as a bundle or um, on an individual basis. And, um, and you can either contact me through the website there or just directly at cwolf at faithprep.com. And, um, you know, it's been, we have no doubt, one of the things God shared with me and I, I believe in my heart in putting all this together that this was going to be a collaborative effort of a lot of individuals and organizations and and that every day was going to be an opportunity to to learn from others and 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 experience the the blessing and enrichment of people um, coming alongside me in this um, this initiative uh, to do what what is far beyond I could ever ask or imagine, as I said, to go back to, to Ephesians 3.20. And even our conversation today has been a, a great source of encouragement and enlightenment for me, even in thinking about the audience that you serve and how can we do more to, um, to make sure that we uh, are understanding of that and supportive we appreciate it, Chuck. And certainly we hope that all that have listened, you need to get more information. Obviously, education is the key to the heart and the minds of our children. And we want to make sure that we claim their hearts and their minds for Christ. And that we're doing everything we possibly can, not just to educate our kids, but to train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And uh, our educators, our public schools, end up spending so much more time with our children than parents do. And what a great opportunity to find a great balance uh, between having professional educators, but also a Christian education, but having your children at home where they can uh, be trained up in the way that they should go. And so thank you for joining us for this uh, week's edition of the Defender Podcast. And Lord willing, we hope to talk to you again next week. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast. <music>